Welcome to the Life of Christ Series 3, Term 3. This is Lesson 25. We are in Luke chapter 4, and we were looking at verses 25 and 26, but I want to go back. Remember again, this is the time that, that Jesus preaches. He talks about the anointing on his life. Verse 21 says, And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And it says in verse 22, So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? So we get to verse 23, and it says there, He said to them, You will surely say this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Verse 24, it says, Then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. We went on then to verse 25. I don't want to go back over any of the things I said there because it is on the previous lesson. He says then, But I, I tell you truly. Now, they're saying, show us a sign. They're saying, you know, we've heard all this stuff. We want to see. And so Jesus is now going to give an example. See, they want to see because, they're, because of their unbelief. Amen. And so he says here, but I tell you, that, uh, I tell you truly, so we are in Luke 4.25, many widows were in Israel. Now, the widows represent God's chosen people. Okay, And Israel represents God's chosen nation. So he's saying there were a lot of God's chosen people within God's chosen nation in the, day, in the days of Elijah, who was obviously God's chosen prophet. Okay, So we see all of those things in place. God's chosen people within God's chosen nation, and there was God's chosen prophet there as well. There's a lot of God there. Okay, except he says, when the heavens were shut up, three years and six months, and there, there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent, except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon, which is a Gentile region, to a woman who was a widow. Now, boy, I tell you, this, this, this is not going to go down well. Because the Jews, you know, don't think very highly of women. They don't think very highly of Gentiles. There is a Gentile woman. You all getting this? <laughs> okay. And so he's saying, you know, there was a problem and the prophet of God, and I want you to notice the word sent in Luke 4.26, but to none of them was Elijah sent. Did you see that? See, God sends his prophets where he wants them to go, not where people want them to be. And, and, you know, that happens a lot of times. You know, people always want, you know, this to happen, that to happen. Oh, could you come here? Could you do that? That's their agenda. Do you all hear me? Okay. Now, yes, we are to, you know, be there for people and, and, and be a blessing to them and so on and so forth. But, you know, be careful when people are the ones dictating what God should do through you. Amen? Say that. Let's move on. So, let, let's have a look at this incident. Um, in 1 Kings chapter 17, you all want to know what, what happened here, right? Because we don't want to just read it and move on, because you're coming to Bible school. <laughs> okay? That's what we do in Bible school. We actually look at what actually happened. So this is found in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Now notice the Lord said to Elijah. Okay, so the Lord is sending Elijah. See, Elijah could have said, oh, all these people are in trouble. Lord, let me go over there and pray for rain. 
Isn't it interesting that didn't happen? There's, there's no account of, you know, not that I read anyway, that it says that Elijah actually said that to the Lord. This is happening and Elijah's like, you okay with this? Okay. If you don't say anything, I'm not... Do-. You know, three and a half years is a long time. Amen. Anyway, let's, let's, let's continue. And so he says here, The Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. There is a widow there who will feed you. I have given her my instructions. Now, interesting that God spoke to a Gentile woman. But she doesn't know it. <laughs> okay? This is the reason why she doesn't know. I, I, can I just spend a few minutes here like, to talk about some of these things? <clears throat> we need to see something very significant here. Alright? You know, we always wonder, how can God help us if we are having to deal with the world? Has that, you know, it's one thing, God, for you to talk to your own kids who don't even listen anyway. But, you know, but it's a whole other thing to have to go deal with people in the world that aren't listening to you. Yeah, yeah, you're here. Okay. So th- that's what I want you to, to think about as we go through this. And I want you to see what's going on. See, God can speak to people. Okay? And the thing is, when God talks to someone, and listen very carefully, if you get this, praise God, okay? Even though they don't hear God, listen to me now, when God speaks, it becomes something in their heart that will be an acceptance. It's, it's like a door opens. Okay? So that, you know, when you come along, they could have said no to the last person, but then there's this, something happens, and they think, hmm, you know, the next person comes, I'm going to say yes. It's a very strange thing. See, we don't get it. We don't get that that's, that's God working. We don't get it that God has just moved on someone that doesn't even know Him. See, and this is what's so funny. People that say, well, nobody, you know, is the master of my destiny. I don't believe in God. And as soon as God speaks something, do that, they go, huh, okay. And they'll do it and then they'll go back to, well, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, thank you, that's the only person we needed you to do it for. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Hello. We came, we went, it's done. See you later, bye. <laughs> now you can be mean to the rest of them. No, 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 you, no that's not good. But you know what I'm trying to say? You, you need to understand something. There are things that go on that sometimes we miss. And I want you to see something here. That when God talks to His people, people that are listening, then we have an account of the person saying, yes, I saw you in, you know, in a vision or something or another. But when God speaks to people that are not as part of His covenant, that are outside of that covenant, they, they don't have that ability necessarily to catch what He's on about. But there will be something that happens on the inside of them. Are you all here? So I want you to think about that as we move through this now. Okay? So, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Otherwise God lied. But she said yes. That's right. To a very difficult request. Okay now. Okay. Alright. Let's move on. So he says here, there is a widow again in verse 9. There who will feed you, I have given her my instructions. Verse 10. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived, see he would need to know this. As he arrived at the gate of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a cup of water? And as she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> verse 12. And she said, I swear by the Lord your God, not my God, okay, your God, that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. Wow. She has identified that this isn't her God. Okay? So she's letting him know, you're asking, you know, you're a priest from another God, asking me to give up the last of what I have. This is our last meal. And you want some of it. (laughs) Okay? You're here? All right? Watch what Elijah said to her. Notice Elijah speaks to her. Notice Elijah doesn't say to God, uh... This is probably not the woman. Okay? Because, you know, she's she, she not even a believer. She didn't hear from you. She didn't say, yes, you're the prophet. God get None of that happened. Are you all with me? So, yeah, he's, he's, he doesn't even broach that subject. Isn't it interesting? He knew who he'd been sent to. There wasn't a big sign on her to say, this one over here, there's lots of widows, this is the one you want, but... <laughs> come on, can we be real here? This is just a person, this is a man, okay? He's got some instructions, he's going, this is just all... God. See, I would be looking for the person that said, yes, God told me about you. That's the per- if this person, this widow looks at me and says, you're God, I, you know, blah, 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 I'll be going, so sorry, madam, so sorry. Let's go to the next door. <laughs> Let's see if they know anything about me. And my God. Please get up, because we read past all of this. See, we, we miss things that are happening. And then, you know, when things don't turn out the way that we think they should turn out, we go back to God and complain. Did you get what I just said? Okay, because we miss this. All right. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and cook that last meal. But bake me a little loaf of bread first. Afterward, there will be still enough food for you and your son. Uh, you know, this, this woman doesn't believe in his God. Yes. Why should she believe in his word? That's true. I mean, I'd be looking and thinking, this priest is trying to pull a fast one on me. <laughs> you know, he hungry, we're hungry. I got a bit of food. He wants it. He wants it. <laughs> you know? Come on now. Okay? I mean, you, when you're this hungry, you know, it's very hard to be charitable to somebody else's God and their prophet. Like we care. Okay. I want to say all of this because I, I want you to see something. Because God had spoken to her, Elijah knew that God's word had gone forth and it would not return void. It would accomplish what it was sent to do, even if it was an unbeliever. Somebody outside the covenant. Okay, so you need to catch all of this. Alright? See, this is where Satan comes and robs us of the victory that's just on the horizon. Because God, when, he, when God begins to deal, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm spending a bit of time with this because we're getting into a little bit of complex ground and I, we, we need to deal with this. We're in Bible college. Okay? We need to see this. When, when we are dealing with situations like this, number one, 
God might send you to someone that has got the provision but might not be in the covenant. Number two, when God speaks to that person, they may not even know that they've been spoken to. But you need to be bold enough and you need to know enough about God to pursue this. If He told you to go do it, go do it. Don't go back and say, one moment please. Go back to God and go, what happened? Why do you think I'm in the wrong place? Don't do all of that. They think you're crazy. They're never going to bake you a cake. Okay, alright? Bread, whatever. Okay, do you know what I'm trying to say? You see, you need to be focused on where you're going, what you're doing. You need to know that whatever God is up to, He knows what He's doing, even though the people He's working through may not. Okay? Okay, alright. And I want you to notice something. We're talking about their last meal. We're not asking them to give us something out of their abundance. That's We're saying, you know the thing that's going to keep you alive a little bit longer? We want some of that. But now watch what he says. See, we need to go to the next thing. Because this is what makes everything right. Verse 14. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Now listen to me. If you are speaking what God has said, then you are agreeing with what he has already said. See, he didn't force God to do something. God told him, go do this. And he was in agreement with God's word. Get this? Okay. And so, he, in agreement with that word, now he speaks or declares that word. Alright. And so he says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be plenty of flour and oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Wow. Okay, this, now this is very interesting. He's saying the same God that's holding all this back will put oil and flour in your barrels. Just as much as He can stop stuff happening, He can make things happen as well. Sometimes we think, now God, you know, how can this work? You know, if you want to bless me, do you have to bless everybody around me? If you do that, then they get an advantage over me. Watch what God is doing. He's saying no to something and yes to something else. Your barrels are full, but theirs aren't. There are ways that God can bless you that you just get blessed. Not that we're looking for that, but there are times when you need that. Do you hear what I'm saying? You need to be in a place where... You know what? People look at you and go, okay, something about you puts you ahead of the rest of us. What is it? See, we're not playing games here. Okay, we are, we are talking about people's eternal souls. And if you need to gain a bit of an advantage in order for them to get, come, in, come to their right mind and recognize what God is doing in you and that your God is God, well, so be it. Don't fight God on that. Can I, I'm going to say this. God is not religiously correct. Forget all of that. Okay, he doesn't care what you think. He says, we have to do one, we have to do for everybody. And we have to, forget about it. You're stubborn, you're stupid, you die. End of story. Oh yes, but no, 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 no. That's how it works. I know that's what the devil is doing with the world, but that's not how it works. He's doing that to gain a, you know, entrance into things that really he shouldn't be given access to. You know, and just say that and move on. Okay, getting back to this. 
<laughs> Verse 15. So she did as, as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her son continued to eat from her, okay, unending, I've said here, supply of flour and oil for many days. Now, Interna- New International Version says that there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For no matter how much they used, over the page, there was always enough left in the containers. Alright, remember again for three and a half years. Just as the Lord has promi- had promised through Elijah. Now, what's going on? Can we say that the flour was multiplying? The oil was r- reproducing itself, so to speak? You know, this goes against the law of conservation of matter. <laughs> I'm just telling you, alright? That law says that Matter can neither be created nor destroyed. Where is this coming from? It's just appearing. Every scientific law has been broken right now for this to happen. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? The laws aren't subject to what God wants to do. Alright? If He needs to do something, th- that's the reason why we need to understand that faith is on another realm. Faith works on a different system. The natural realm has laws that says you can't do this. So a lot of times we are trying to believe within the the natural realm or the natural law that governs this natural realm. Are you with me? This is where we have to detach ourselves from it. And why Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Do you know when this happened in Jesus' ministry? When he multiplied the loaves and fishes. Remember that? Alright? This happened back then. Jesus comes along, except they get to see it. First hand. And a whole bunch of people get to eat. Not just the widow and her son. And the prophet. (laughs) Okay? Interesting, isn't it? When God came, He was a God of more than enough. And so, we are beginning to see something. I want you to understand something. Just the way natural law didn't apply here, neither did it apply when Jesus started multiplying the food. Let me say this to you. We were never meant to live within these laws on this earth to our detriment. Okay? I'm just saying that we... we, I'm teaching you all this stuff so that I can elevate you beyond here. I need you to at least start thinking about things that maybe you never thought about. I need you to start realizing that even if physical laws and chemical laws and all the laws in this universe, this universe, says it can't be done, there is another universe that hangs over this one that says it's all possible. See, this this comes back to... I don't want to get too crazy with this, but this comes back... To, you know, somebody saying, who created God? Well, he's outside of this system. You can't think in terms of where he's from. We have trouble with eternity. We have trouble with timelessness. We have trouble with all those things because we need to have specific things. But you know, it's very interesting. When God says all things are possible to him that believes, he's saying slip out of this realm and come into this other realm. Where all kinds of things are possible. You can see ahead, you can see back. Amen. Now I've been in that place where I have seen ahead. 
You know, I've told you guys the experience that I had, and there were so many others, so many. I try not to give you too many because I, I you know. Um, <laughs> I saw Sarah, for example. I saw her. I saw the color hair she'd had. I saw what she would look like. I saw her personality. I saw her before she ever came. I saw her. I knew who she was going to be. I don't know if I ever told you guys this. No? Okay. Don't, don't, don't freak out. All right? I saw that. And, you know, Emily can testify to that. I saw. I, I could see. See, when you slip into that realm, you can see things before they happen. So I knew what she was going to be like. Amen? I saw when, you know, when I was driving on in, in my car. Uh, that, you know, I saw myself going, you know, driving, hearing a clunk as I was on this very particular road. And turning off that road and going down a hill, stopping, walking out of the car, going to the left passenger side, the left back wheel, looking at it and tightening all the nuts on it because they were all loose. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm driving in my car and I hear this noise and it's on that road. And you know, you have one of those moments where you kind of flush out a bit. And I thought, you've got to be kidding. And so I found the first road to turn off, and it was a road that went down a hill. Which also freaked me out. So I drove down that hill, and I thought, let's just follow this through. I got out of the car, I walked around to the left back wheel, and all the nuts were loose. And it was one of those very windy roads that I kept driving, you know, hello. Uh, by the way, I checked all the other nuts. They were all tight. One wheel. That one. You all here? See, there is another realm. Now I could go on, but that'll do. Okay? <laughs> there is another realm that accesses this realm in a different way. Here we're stuck. There we're not. Here, the laws say certain things. You can't do this, you can't do that. If that happens, well, that's the end of that. There, the law says, oh no, everything is reversible. You need to see this, you need to understand it, and you need to start accessing it. That's why I said, you know, the finances God wants to bring to you, they are, that's why the Apostle Paul said, but my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus, not according to what can we get to you because of your circumstance and because of your training and because of the situation that you're in, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Because that's, that's how a financial advisor will advise you. Now, how much do you make? What job do you have? What collateral do you have? They'll just go through all of that stuff and they say, okay, now you can afford this or you can't afford that. That's how it is. You're all here? Jesus kind of did that with, <laughs> was it with Philip? And he says, get bread for them. He goes, now, the, look at our ledgers, Lord. It's, you know, it's going to cost this much. And <laughs> Remember all that? Was it Philip? I think it was Philip. You know, okay? See, that's how the world thinks. Jesus said, let me show you a different way. When we get to that, we'll talk about that, okay? He, he said, let me show you another way. Ta-da! He goes, whoa! That's not in my ledger. How'd you do it? <laughs> okay. Amen. Whatever you can believe, that's there is the problem. If we can start changing what we believe, then we'll change what we receive. Do y'all get that? Okay. All right. 
Now what's sad is that from what Jesus says, this divine provision was available to whoever was willing to believe. Just as was healing. Which is what he goes on to say in the next verse. So, we've just spoken about food. We've, talk, we've spoken about a woman, a widow, and not a believer. Wow, just bottom of the, you know, of the rung. Who else is on the bottom of the rung with the Jews? Lepers. That's right. <laughs> Jesus, I tell you, when, when he picks an example, I mean, he, he thrusts the sword and then he twists. So that's the sword thrust, now here's the twist. <laughs> Verse 27. And many, they, they were challenging him. He said, you want a challenge? I'll give you a challenge. Here it comes. And he says, and many lepers, no, the lepers now, okay? All right. We're in Israel in the time of Elisha, before it was Elijah, now we're Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian, who was a Gentile. Let's just put that, you get, right? I just added that note just so you know. He wasn't a Jew. Now, this account is found in 1 Kings chapter 5. It's a bit of a long account. We need to see this. We need to see this. Why am I bringing this to your attention as well? Don't think that you can only minister healing to believers. Don't think that God only has instructions for you. And I want you to notice with Naaman, he didn't get him saved first. Can we talk about some of these things before we move on here? Okay. Alright, none of that is... See, uh, now, if I was Elisha, and we'll have to continue this because we're running out of time. If I was Elisha, I would have said, if that boy gets saved... I'll give him some instructions. Do what God tells you. Just be generous. Do what God tells you. Let God look after the rest. I don't know how many times, you know, we've done things out of guilt, you know, or, or compulsion. And, and we think, oh, but God, you know, you, you must want them saved before I do anything. He does want them saved, but not the way you want to do it. See, you try to save him first and they have seen nothing. They'll just go, oh, just another preacher who wants another notch on his belt. And so the miracle that was meant to happen won't happen because you intervened and you decided you wanted to go a certain way when God said, don't go that way. Are you all here? Because we're going to see something. Naaman is not just going to turn around and you know, get healed and walk off. All right. We will have to pick this up in the next session, but let's begin. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. The king of Aram had high admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Now groups of uh, Armenian raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. Isn't that tremendous? Okay, so this little believer girl, owned by an unbeliever, obviously he was looking after her. Obviously she had a heart for this person. She wasn't like, oh God, I hurry up and wish it hurry up and die. Okay, it wasn't like that. Watch now, alright? So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to carry to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out taking 
as gifts, 750 pounds of silver. See, it's not like a couple of coins. We weigh this stuff. I mean, this is a lot of stuff. 150 pounds of gold and 10 sets of clothing. Probably the latest fashion. Okay, all right. Okay. The, the letter of the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I, I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Notice, I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Now, we're going to cut forward to he gets the letter. And when the king of Israel read it, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, This man sends me a leper to heal. Am I God that I can kill and give life? He is only trying to find an excuse to invade us again. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, that movie, you know, the, the guy rides into town on his donkey and everybody shoots at his donkey. And, you know, he, he comes back and he says, you know, what you did wasn't very good. Now, I don't mind. I knew you guys were having fun. But, you know, the donkey didn't take it really well. So I want you to come and apologize to the donkey. <laughs> Hello. And you think, oh, this guy want to pick a fight. He's doing it nicely, as if they're going to apologize to the donkey, as if the king can heal a leper. You know, this is one of those things, you know, that, that it's just, you can't do it, you can't, you know, this is an impossible request. So obviously you want to pick a fight. <laughs> you all here? This is what the king of Israel is thinking. He's thinking, well, are you kidding me? But when Elisha, the man of God, heard about the king's reaction, obviously somebody in the king's court knew to go and tell Elisha. Uh, while the king is, you know, carrying his clothes off, this guy thinking, we need to do something here. Okay? King is losing it. He sent his, this message to him. So this is Elisha, right? He says, why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me. And he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. It's sometimes good to know what's going on around you. Because the people that are dealing with the situation aren't very smart. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. This is funny. <laughs> but Elisha, not that, you know, Naaman's here, all of this army is there. You'd think you'd go out. Elisha doesn't go out. Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of leprosy. See you later. Bye. I added that last bit. <laughs> okay? You know, he's not even coming out. But Naaman became angry and walked away. I thought he would surely come out to meet me. See, he's thinking, you know, I'm Naaman. I'm here. What is this? I'm talking to a servant. Are you all here? I've run out of time. Anyway, let's just, we will leave you hanging and come back in the next session just right after these few messages. No. He said, I, I thought he would surely come out to meet me. And he said, I expected him to wave his hand. See what he's expecting? I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Do you see how what people are expecting? See, this is, can I just say this to you? Let me, let me just stop here for just a moment and we'll pick up, pick this up in the next session. Be careful when people ask you to come and do stuff for them. Because, well, you're a believer, aren't you? Well, you should come here and you should do this. And everybody goes, yeah, you know, you should go and do all that stuff because, you know, that's what we're expected to do. Are you with me? Be careful that you don't get manipulated into doing people's will. And then wonder why God isn't turning up. Oh, this is a very hard thing I'm telling you right now. It's a very hard thing. This is what I mean when I say there's a difference between good 
and God. It would have been a good thing for him to come out and do all the things he said, but it wasn't God and it wouldn't work. See, it wasn't the waving of the hand that was going to get him healed. God had planned a way for him to get healed. He was to go do something else somewhere else. Are you all with me? See, we need to be very careful and we need to listen out for God when He gives us instructions about what we need to do. And don't get your agenda mixed up with what He's asking you to do. Okay? Be very careful. You really need to listen carefully. Don't run ahead of God. See, if God had said to Elisha, Naaman's going to come, he's going to be healed. And Elisha said, okay, I get it, okay, I'll go wave my hands and he'll probably get healed. And didn't listen to the rest of the instructions. And that was, you're not going to see him. You're going to send a servant out to him. The servant is going to tell him to go do this. He's not going to be happy, but that's what he needs to do. See, we don't want to hear all that because that could get messy. Naaman's like a commander. He could come and kill me. Gets upset. Amen. And we'll take a break. We'll come back and continue this in the next session.